You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Baxter Boots studio in downtown Batuta. You're here with editor of the Batuta Advocate, Clancy Overall. Joining me is editor-at-large, Errol Parker. How are you, Errol? Hello for another week. The date is Thursday, 13th of June, and uh, we're joined, as always, by the Richard Moorcroft, the K. McGrath of the Diamantina Shire, Wendell Hussey. Hello, always a pleasure to be here. Getting the ball rolling here in town, and it's a story about this esteemed inland news organ. The Batuta Advocate officers were raided by the AFP last week over the 1997 Engadine McDonald's leaks. Yeah, it was a sad day here at the Advocate. We're not usually ones to, to open our doors to the authorities, as most people know in the area. But um, yeah, look, they had a warrant this time. They'd been to the Batuta Bugle too, across town. They'd raided them too, but no one really cares. Yeah, well, the Murdoch-owned Batuta Bugle, who even knows what they were reporting on. Conspiracists in the area have suggested that they only raided the Bugle just to justify kicking down our doors, but we'll leave that to them and their tin foil. But yes, this is the first time we've spoken publicly about it. Those jackboot-wearing fascists coming through the front door, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and they uh, ended up arresting our sports editor, Imran Gashgori, over links he had with, I think it was Imran Khan, the current president of Pakistan, wasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. They were running some sort of book on the World Cup, was it? Yeah, it was a while ago. But yeah, they confiscated uh, Errol's laptop that was full of state secrets, leaked documents, and of course, Pinoy porn. Now, I'm not familiar with... What Pinoy porn is. Uh, Wendell, do you know much about that? No, not heaps. I haven't. Uh... I'm actually going to Google that word. <laughs> word up. Pinoy. Oh. Oh, it's just Filipino porn. Okay. So I'm not familiar with the... Uh... All right, let's keep moving. What else is in the news, Wendell? Uh, After that targeted raid on our office, Prime Minister Scott Morrison did come out and he gave quite a controversial press conference, which we wrote a story about. He really amped up his aspirational and inspirational language when he assured journalists that if they have a go, they'll get a go in prison, lol. Well, we do have one of the best prison systems in the world, so I can see where he's coming from, but again, I think... Detaining journalists is a bit crass, you know, it's a bit third world. Errol, we do have a first-class prison system here, uh, recently privatised as well, which has really jacked the resources. But I just don't think your uh, run-of-the-mill journalist would last in, say, Arthur Gorry Correctional Centre in Waco. From what I've heard, there's seven people to a room and you've got to fight for a bunk. I just don't know, would Hamish McDonald last in that environment? No, I don't think the Piers Ackermans of the world, too, I don't think they'd last. Scott Morrison did say that this should keep journalists on their toes, which I guess is a level of accountability we haven't had in this country for some time. Yeah, and I think, obviously, too, all the journalism students and grads coming out of the universities now around the country, I'd say that there's lots of other rewarding careers that you could go into. I mean, you could go into advertising, go into PR... You know, with those ones, you can live like a pig. You can do lots of horrible things and you won't end up in jail, Wendell. Oh, absolutely. Or a cushy comms role with a council or something like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a lot easier. Or even you could end up in law. Could end up working for someone like Peter Dutton. Now, we've got a story on Peter Dutton, actually. Uh, Wendell, it seems like his staffers haven't been doing their job. He's had to pick up a pencil himself. Yeah, he's been studying quite hard, surprisingly, after the return of The Handmaid's Tale, the new season last week. He was spotted furiously taking notes. Yeah, well, it's an interesting show, The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, it's quite confronting, but I, I have seen a lot of Peter Dutton in that show. I mean, there's uh, 
There's a lot to think about. Yes, um, he was heard saying, uh, how good is this? A lot to learn from here. He's normally an RBT Australia kind of guy, but he said uh, yeah, his wife's got him hooked and he says you know, the government could learn a lot from the show. He'll be eagerly awaiting the next episode, which is dropping tonight. I'm sh- Tonight? Yes, it is tonight, actually. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what pops up in, in new policy uh, proposals next week. He'll be eagerly watching it, I'm sure. Now, this next story is for my people in the front row, as the nation unanimously decides on replacing Advance Australia Fair with the nosebleed section. Particularly popular in the Adelaide Hills, where, of course, the Hilltop Hoods are from. They penned this song back in 2007, I think it was. And this has been put forward as an alternative to the current national anthem, Advance Australia Fair, which, you know, the nosebleed section, I guess it it does cover a larger cross-section of Australia. And I've gotten word from the Koori community that they would be willing to sing this after, of course, we saw 13 out of 34 State of Origin players last weekend deciding to boycott the Australian national anthem. Not just Indigenous players. There was a bit of solidarity there. You're a young, you're a young rooster, Wendell. Do the kids still play this? Um, you know, is this still a beer bong anthem? Yeah, it still does get around, particularly in uh, regional and rural Australia. I mean, growing up as a as a kid in regional and rural Australia, it was on at every single party, and it is. It's anthemic. It okay. is anthemic for us. Well, let's uh, let's see. ScoMo says he's really getting behind it, and Albanese as well. He said it reminds him of the Kevin 07 campaign, the last time he had any form of power in his party. There you go. Moving on to sport now, and a link has been established between winning Grand Slams and not carrying on like a fucking pelican. I think that's an underused type of metaphor for people who are acting the goat. I mean, we saw a couple of our male tennis and I use this word very loosely, heroes, mm-hmm. acting like complete pelicans. Uh, we had Nick Kyrgios, you know, he had his latest temper tantrum somewhere in Europe. Of course, there's Bernard Tomic, who's uh, no longer, you know, in the national zeitgeist. I think he's done his ass. He's on the way out. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's nice to have something positive coming out of tennis for once. Yeah, congratulations to Ash Barty, doing great things for Ipswich, as we also reported on this week. Ipswich is very proud to now have something to brag about, someone to brag about that isn't Pauline Hanson, Israel Folau, that last former two mayors who were done on corruption, and of course the uh, DRS bandit, Shane Watson. But yes, I think there is merit in that theory. Leighton didn't seem to hit his straps until he started behaving, and Federer has never carried on like a fucking pelican. So yeah, there is merit in that. Yeah, there seems like there certainly is something in it. Anyway, that's it for this week's Bulletin. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be, inside the Diamantina Shire or outside of it. Until next week, I'm Wendell Hussey. And I'm Clancy Overall. And I'm Errol Parker.